You are listening to Waffle, the bite-sized podcast with Paul Jenkins. First broadcast on Rossendale Radio on the 11th of October 2020. This week, Paul talks to poet Richard Easton about his debut collection, Words, Thoughts and Observations. He discusses how his love of the environment and 30 years as a policeman have helped shape his work. And we hear from the collection. 104.7 Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the Waffle Hour. It's me, Paul Jenkins, here again with another great guest. As you know, each week we talk to somebody who's in the literary world or education or somebody that deals with words on a regular basis. Uh, and I, I was l- really, really pleased uh, to uh, to get an email from uh, from Richard Easton, who's my guest this afternoon, uh, talking about his book. And the more I've got to know Richard over the last week, the more and more I'm enjoying his story. Uh, Richard, can you hear me, first of all? Yes. Uh, loud and clear to me. I, I always like to. I always like to check because when when somebody's not in the studio as a guest, you, you sort of you're at the behest of technology, and sometimes it fails you. Um, but uh, where about you calling us from this afternoon? Uh, I live in in Berry. Um, so not too far away. Exactly, uh, just just on the other yeah. side of the valley. There's there's little bits of berry that are in the Rossendale Valley. We count Ramsbottom as berry. We can we can, we can go a stretch, can't we? Hopefully. <laughs> uh, now I'm I'm looking at your book. I've got your book in front of me, um, and uh, I was shocked when I spoke to you earlier in the week to find out that this is your debut collection, isn't it? Yes, um, it, it it was something that I did uh, in in August. Mm. Um, uh, I, just, I just decided I need I need to put everything into a book. I've, I've been writing stuff for maybe eighteen months or so. Um, my mum can't read it because she doesn't have a device and she doesn't know the technology. And, yeah. Uh, it just uh, it just seemed a good way of uh, putting it together when the cat's just coming. And it's... Uh, it's uh, <laughs> oh, uh, cats like to uh, get in on all of our interviews. We've uh, Sometimes we've done a few from home. Our cat has regularly jumped in <laughs> while I'm trying to do something very serious talking to somebody. Um, uh, in fact, we'll come to animals because your love of animals uh, sort of comes across loud and clear in the book. I, I mean, I just want to describe it to people as usually a collection of poetry. When somebody sends you their debut collection, it's a thin thing for starters. This is a volume, if, if I can say so myself. There is so much content in this book and it's a beautifully put together piece. It's, it's called uh, Words, Thoughts and Observations. Uh, and there's a fantastic view on the front of uh, which I think is uh, your local nature reserve. Is, is, is that right? Yeah. That's right, Hollingsdale, yeah, which is, um, and many people from uh, from your valley will be no doubt passing it on a daily basis just after the the, uh, the Berry turn off. Uh, you're driving towards Manchester on the M66, it's on the right hand side um, as you drive towards uh, Junction 18. Um, it's uh, it's somewhere that I've visited for, uh, for many years. We used to knock around there as a kid when it was pretty much a brownfield site. Um, and then you get a bit older, you start working that. And I, I just started walking uh, maybe about uh, 15, 16 years ago. Um, and I just had a wander down there. Uh, but since then, Viridor, who I think are in charge of the, the local landfill, um, they've bought the the, uh, the area and have invested in pathways and fences and, and bit of maintenance. Um, and it's really opened it up to people. Um and it's so close to, to where I live and it's so easy to access. And the poem I've written specifically about uh, Hollingsvale 
Uh, I, I think I try and get that across right at the beginning and uh, I say that as soon as I cross the M66, suddenly you're in a different world. It, it just changes. Uh, the, the atmosphere changes. It um, can. And the, the pace of life changes. It's uh, just fabulous. And that reconnection with nature really comes across in your book um, about, you know, as I mentioned, your love of animals. You've got, we've been, uh, you know, radio bombed by a cat. But uh, the, it's, but it really does. It's, 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 it's a real flow to the, to the, to the work in the book. Um, do, I tell you, do, do you, have you got a piece uh, to hand that you might want to share with us? And then we can, we can maybe talk in a little bit more detail. Yeah, um, the first one I'll read is uh, a bit of an angry poem, really. Um, yeah. uh, it's uh, I walk through there, and sometimes it's beautiful, and then sometimes, uh, and it's calming. I mean, that's the thing. You walk through through nature, and it just takes you away from uh, the anxiety and the angst of day to day life, and then you go around a corner. And there's a settee, <laughs> and a chair, and a fridge, yeah. and it just somebody is, uh, and just think, oh my god! <laughs> so it's called fly tipping, um, and it's uh, it's in sonnet form. It's it, it was my first um, attempt at writing a sonnet. Um, so anyway, this is fly shall tipping. I compare the sorry, sorry. That's what I was going to say I was going to yeah, give you a big I'll, introduction. I'll, I'll this is fly yeah, tipping. There we go. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> Uh, shall I compare thee to a parasite? A selfish lowlife, an ignorant man. Your own needs met as you tip in the night in a flat back truck or a tatty old van. A remote location to mask the noise, sneaking down a lane or a public park. Mattresses, tyres, a load of old toys, plasterboard and rubble dumped in the dark. Garden waste, furniture, thrown from a bridge. Or not there forever, where you don't care. As you tip in the night, a broken fridge. Dumped in a river, as a tea and chairs. A freezer, bin bags, full of dead chickens. A clear health list. You don't give a dickens. That's a that's a, fin, a fine rhyming couplet to uh, to finish with there. As, as you mentioned, it's quite an angry poem, and it is that frustrating feeling. Um, you know, we 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 were talking off off air, obviously, about we I've just done the big run through the valley today. Unfortunately, there's some beautiful things that we saw while we were out there, and there are some areas which have just somebody's clearly gone. Oh look, there you go. There's some bushes. I'll dump some stuff. Yeah, uh, and it's heartbreaking. You know, it's you, so selfish. It is. It's just, I mean, it's, it's so somebody can afford, you know, paying a few quid to, to go and dump things properly. It might be business waste or whatnot. But you just think it's, you know, you've, you've and it's, I think it's quite sad that people have got that disconnect, that some people have got such a disconnect with the, the world around them that actually that they they don't care about it at all. Uh, and I think that's really, really important to maybe, maybe through work like yours, make that reconnection with nature and sort of say, you know what, this is, this is not just about the natural world. This is also about we're all inhabiting this space together um well, reconnection with nature is something that's, uh, that's that's quite relevant because i've been like i said i've been walking through Hollins vale for 15 16 years but during furlough period and lockdown there's been lots of people have found it because they've been sat at home I've suddenly found themselves with time on their hands I've spoken to so many people who've been down to Hollins vale and i'm sure this is true at, at many such places who have never despite having been there for, or lived nearby for, for decades, they've never used the, the time 
to, to actually get out and find out about the place where they live and and, and just use it for, for the calm and effect it can have on it's so sad, but it, the furlough time has, has given me so much opportunity to, to get back down there and also to write and also to meet people who've uh, discovered Hollinsdale for the first time. So oh, it's been good. It's brilliant. And to see it in word form as well, I think is, is lovely. Uh, and there's a, there's a whole Thank section in the, in the book uh, with regards to nature and, and reconnection and all the rest of it. It's, uh, it's wonderful. As, uh, as I mentioned, it's, uh, it's, you know, there's, there's a good couple of sections. We'll come on to another section of the book um, in the next segment. But before we do, um, you've chosen, uh, as all I guess do they they get to choose three songs um and you started with madonna yeah um <clears throat> I, i'm not a huge fan of madonna i've not nothing against her at all but <laughs> she, she she features only in my record collection in so far as um and maybe 25 years ago i i acquired um, <laughs> her greatest hits um and uh I had a, a couple of songs on a tape in the car back in the day when you had tapes. Um, and there was just one particular day where this song was playing and suddenly, and I don't know if it's the first time I actually stopped to listen to it, um, but it just connected with me. And I've always recognised that some songs, for me anyway, have moments. There's a particular moment in some songs where suddenly there's a connection between me and the song, almost emotional. Um, and as a consequence, the hairs on the back of my neck stand up and sometimes you can, I, I can find myself almost moved to tears. It, yeah. it, it's strange. Uh, and I, I, I'm not unique. I'm sure other people get the same. This is a song for me that has a moment in it and it's the bridge uh, towards um, two thirds, mm. where she says, "If I run away," and the words that came out, that come after that, I don't even know what it means. <laughs> but somehow it connects. To, you know, I don't know what she was actually talking about, but it, it just <laughs> connects with me, uh, and I, and it's a lovely song. So, Madonna. It is a great song. Uh, this is "Live to Tell." Playing more of the songs you like. This is one hundred four point seven Rossendale Radio. You're listening to 104.7 Rossendale Radio. It's Paul Jenkins here with the Waffle Hour. I've got Richard Easton with me, and we've been talking uh, primarily about his his opening collection, words, thoughts, and observations. I keep calling it your debut collection, Richard. Uh, I, that means I'm, I'm moving you on to a second book, if that's all right. <laughs> well, maybe. It depends what happens with this one. It might be the only one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to make. No, we'll be bigging it up to make sure that that doesn't happen. Uh, but it's. Uh, but I mean, it's, as we mentioned, it's a beautiful book, and we talked a lot about nature in the first part of the interview. But actually, um, there's. You come from a place where I, I think people would be surprised, career-wise, whereabouts your because it's not it's not a kind of touchy-feely kind of profession. I don't think it doesn't come across as such. What did you do for thirty years? 30 years and three months and 15 days, I was a police officer. <laughs> That's a, that makes it sound like, as a police officer, you were counting down. <laughs> no, absolutely not, no. Uh, and a lot seemed to do that, but no, I didn't. Uh, it, retirement was um, was a, uh, an event that I dreaded, certainly for at least 10 years leading up to it. It wasn't something to look forward to. It's something I found very difficult. I had a fantastic time. It is the best job in the world. Um, loved it. Um, it's, it's very difficult, but, but it's still 
fantastic. Yeah, I was going to say it's more of a, I think this is the thing I've had with teachers that I've worked with. Um, and we actually had an interview with a, with a guy at a local fire station who was just recently retired last week, Bake Up Fire Station. And there's certain jobs where it's a vocation, not a profession, isn't it? Mm. Um, and you, you must have, <coughs> se- I mean, some of the things you would have seen over the years, I mean, what's, what was, how, did, how did the job work? I mean, there's so many different roles in the police. How, what was your day-to-day life like? I've done everything. Um, I've done uniform, done CID, I've done custody, which is, I think, quite uh, relevant at the moment with uh, Matt Ritana, who was the custody sergeant at Croydon Police Station, who was murdered last weekend. Yeah. Um, I've done that job. I did it for four or five years. Um, and as he, he thought it was a safe job, apparently he wanted to go back inside as he approached retirement. should be retiring next week. My Can goodness. you believe that? Um, and he wanted to move inside just to make sure he, he arrived there safely. Uh, and, and it caught him there. So, it, I mean, it is um, the most unpredictable job. You haven't got a clue what you're going going into on any single day. And uh, I worked at um, Cheetham Hill, Collihurst. I worked at uh, Ashton and Hyde, mm. where uh, Nicola and Fiona used to work. The girls who were shot in Hattersley. Yeah. You know, it's, um, it is just it's a dangerous world that we live in um but it's a fantastic job I think that's the thing is that, the, I mean, this is why we we always have the utmost respect for, for people who that, you know, when when the, it's all coming down around us and the chaos is ensuing, you guys are the ones that run towards the chaos to try and sort it out. And and I think, you know, the rest of us generally tend to, you know, if something, God forbid, were to happen in the in the nearby area, my, my first thought would be to freeze and to work out how can somebody else help me with this? You guys, that's somebody else. You know, you're the, you're the go-to emergency service. It's it's uh, it's remarkable the the, the things that, that that are done. Um, how, how did you feel when, uh, like as you say, because it must be all encapsulating as you as you're going through the career. How, how did it feel when you you kind of got to that point? You're going, you know what? I'm not going in Monday morning. <laughs> it was I, literally. Um, I teared up. I, I watched my watch because I knew this is the point where my shift ends, and I was looking at it, and it's three o'clock struck. It was it was a moment in time, you know. It, it was one of those things, um, and the following day is just another day, and you soon recover from that. But it was it was it was just always there on the horizon, looming. Um, yeah, uh, I am a cop. Yeah. I still feel I'm a cop, but I'm not. <laughs> it's the same for teachers I, I i haven't taught in a classroom for six years now and i still say to people but when they say to you what are you doing you say well i'm a poet but i'm a teacher really and you you don't leave things you don't leave things behind and interestingly it's like it, it's the major part of the book um i it was interesting when you said about uh, i said about are you going to read any of the of the, uh, of the police poems you said now nah, they're going to bring people down this afternoon let's not do that but it's you say yeah, 30, 30 years of police service provides plenty of subject matter that's that's a definite time for me to delve a little bit more into that because it sounds like yeah. you've seen everything and have written it down. I think I think I've tried to, and I've put a few of them out to uh, on Facebook and put things like that to uh, to close friends and colleagues and people mm. have asked me, "How do you remember all that detail?" Uh, and I don't know. <laughs> um, but some of some of these things have just stuck with me and stayed in my mind, and it's just uh, it's quite cathartic to to put it down on paper and let it exist in its own right. You know, some of these things now are recorded. It's 25 poems in the book about uh, about my police career. Um, 
and I don't think many of them make easy reading. But um, if it was if it was easy, we wouldn't need to write about it. Um, no, maybe. Uh, now, that, and this is not wasn't the start of your poetry career, even though you didn't realise it at the time, was it? Your your poetry career started way before your your police career even started. You were telling me the yeah. other day that, uh, um, that you were still at school. Yeah, I wrote one at school and um, in the midst of Brezhnev and Reagan and Michael Foote and Margaret Thatcher and CND and the, the arms race and the Cold War. And as a 12 or 13-year-old at the time, it, you know, it was getting quite worrying. Um, and I think as a kid, maybe you magnify the the fear. Um, but I was quite, quite worried about it. And I wrote a poem at school which ended up in the school magazine, which was quite an achievement because I, th- I think it's probably one of the few achievements I actually got from school. Um, first time uh, I've probably demonstrated any ability to the teachers. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it got in the school magazine and, it, and I was dead proud of it and I got a real sense of uh, creativity and achievement through doing it, but then just didn't write again until... Um, Oh, probably about five five years ago, something like that, maybe just a bit more. Uh, and somebody on Facebook locally put a picture of that school magazine, and it just reminded me. Um, and when I'd written that first poem, I, I found it quite easy. Um, uh, it just flowed as I wrote it, and I got a subject matter, and it, it just it just worked. Um, so I, I thought I'll, I'll write another one. Um, and we were approaching uh, our silver wedding anniversary, myself and my wife Michelle. Um, and so I thought, all right, pulling for her. And I did, and again, I got that same sense of achievement uh, and creative sense uh, and really loved it. So I started writing others. I wrote one for my mum and dad for my 50th birthday, and then I wrote one for the cat, because I love her. She's called Dita. <laughs> um, and then but a lot of them were, they were all centred quite close on family. Um um, with a lot of detail and I don't particularly want to share no. outside so I thought I need, I need to start diversifying and then oh, terrible thing the the arena bomb yeah. um, but then I saw Tony Walsh deliver his poem um, This Is The Place uh, from Manchester Town Hall and I thought oh, that is absolutely fantastic it was a real it's moment a, wasn't it dreadful but the poem is just amazing Um and so what can I write about? So it's quite inspirational for me. Um, so I started looking for things and and as a consequence, I started writing and, and different things came up and I started developing a collection, many of which are, are in the book that uh, you mentioned. I was going to say, and it just it just blossoms, doesn't it? I think once you get in the groove, that's it. Uh, there's another yes. Madonna song to refer to. Yes. Uh, but uh, <laughs> it just it just blossoms. And, and as I say, you've got, in, as I mentioned earlier on, you know, usually a debut collection's a, a, a third of the size of this. You've probably got three books worth that you've got in this one volume and it's 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 taken me a long time this week to kind of get through and sort of get you know because you want to uh, for me poetry is something you dip in and out of i really love a sort of like going away having a read of two or three and then going back and reflecting yeah. so it's it's been yeah. nice to have it sitting on the on the bookshelf and being able to kind of take it down and go oh, i'm going to read another few of richards this week um and it's it's just lovely uh, to be able to dip in and out Thank so you. it's going to be there for a while um we got your second music choice coming up now uh you too you've gone for yeah, again, it's another song that for me has a moment. Um, and this is a song that's been in my collection for a long time. I saw you two play at uh, the GMEX, must be about 1990, God knows. <laughs> um, 
and there's a line towards the center um that just I don't, it seems to talk about a final goodbye before a disaster i don't even, again i don't even know what it's about but it just when i listen to the lyrics i'll see you again when the stars fall from the sky and the moon has turned red over one tree hill wow that bono he knows how to write a tune doesn't he seems to <laughs> this is you too at home, in the office, in the car, wherever you are. You can listen to 104.7 Rossendale Radio. Paul Jenkins in with the Waffle Hour. Our guest this afternoon is Richard Easton. Uh, Richard's got a, a huge collection of poetry. We're going to try and see if we can fit two of his pieces into this segment. So what I'm going to do, uh, Richard, if it's all right, I'm going to ask you to kick off the, this third section uh, with your poem about Hollinsbrook, if that's okay. Yeah, um... It's, uh, it is just a little brook that runs through Hollinsvale. Um, and one particular day whilst I was walking there, it, it was victim to, to pollution. Um, and it's just, the whole site is vulnerable. Um, and it's just, again, down to ignorance. So, Hollinsbrook. Today, the brook runs in blue and gold. An oily discharge from where untold. Upwind in the veil, an acrid smell. Risk of death to the birds who dwell within this stream and on the banks nearby where someone emptied tanks and set their excess oil to drain, mixed with gentle summer rain, encouraging the stream faster, faster, dispersing our own Exxon Valdez disaster via the Roach, the Irwell, the Mersey, sending the slick towards the sea what chance for the kingfisher or the wildlife I see what chance for your kids fish fingers for tea that last line where you just sort of the fish fingers for tea as if to say uh, I can't be bothered with this right now we've got to move on it's it's that uh, taking that moment to, to to really take in I mean what you what were you telling me before about the about British waterways what they were finding this week yeah, I mean, again, it's. Uh, it, I think it was only last week it was announced, but it, it, this this bears witness to it. Every waterway in the UK is polluted. It's unbelievable. It's it's it's, it's almost everywhere, and and I literally, I'm looking out the window at the moment. I can see just the edge of the Irwell from where I'm sitting up here. We're up on the third floor. I get a brilliant view of the Rossendale Valley from here, uh, and obviously the Irwell runs all the way through into Bury and then disappearing off into the distance. But it's. The idea that, that that beautiful riverside is is actually, you know, we're, we're struggling to maintain it even now. How, how have we ever got here? It's unbelievable. Ignorance. I think it is. I think it's just people's not knowing. I mean, I think particularly the Irwell, um, I remember down in Ramsbottom, and they did some tests down there. And it was actually um, a company that were just dumping stuff further upstream. In, I think it was in Blackburn and it had ended up in the tributaries going off into, into the Irwell. Um, and it was it was a company when they when they asked them they said well we didn't know what else to do with the waste so we thought we'd shove it in the river and yeah where do you think it's going to go <laughs> yeah you're going to consume it uh, yeah somewhere along the line that's that's going to come back and bite us um, and and there are some beautiful waterways I did a we did a promotional video for the station the other week and I was I was gutted because I was up in Waterfoot 
Uh, which is a lovely little village up here. And if you're listening yeah. to Waterfoot, hello. Um, and uh, and I wanted to do a really lovely sweeping shot of, of the river from, from Waterfoot. And there's somebody's coat that was just dumped right in the middle of it. And I couldn't use the shot because it was like this beautiful waterway and then the rubbish right in the centre. Um, and it's, it's, it's like you say, it's dispiriting, isn't it? Well, the, the thing that really sort of breaks my heart, there's face masks dumped on the floor. Oh, I mean, you know, you're wearing a face mask because of the way things are. Yeah. And then when you're done with it, you just throw it on the floor. It's the it's the disposable nature of them, isn't it? You know, you've got to get rid of it. I mean, it's but to dump, to dump it, I think we've. Uh, we've got to take a big uh, sort of re-evaluation of ourselves. It's actually, to be honest, when we were, one of the things that was really heartening is in lockdown is some of the way that nature recovered without all the humans about. Um, did you see that wonderful Indeed. story of, of Italy, the, the canals in Italy? Yeah. Um, where the, I think it was dolphins they found and, <laughs> and porpoises swimming upstream going, well, there's no humans about, off we go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and just that, that reclaiming of nature just seems to, you know, we, we need to get back to, that's the bits of the lockdown that we can't lose. We've got to, we've got we to. Are, we are the parasite. Well, yes, indeed. And that's, that's, that was spoken like a true poet, I would, I would suggest. Um, it's been absolute pleasure having you on this afternoon. We've got, so we've got one more, so on a slightly more upbeat note about the waterways. And this was, uh, this, this one spoke to me, and I, I mentioned this to you when we chatted just before the interview, yeah. um, is that uh, I've got a very distinct memory. Now, mine wasn't swans, mine was geese, of seeing some geese growing up as I was studying for my yeah. A-levels and seeing them go from really small chicks uh, and over the eight weeks of my revision, because I did it on the, the banks of a little uh, lake that we had near my, near my sort of childhood home, um, I saw them grow into into you know teenage geese or whatever whatever the version is of geese. I don't know how long geese live for. Um, but you've written about swans, uh, and you've got a very yes. similar story, I think. Yes, I mean, and again, it, it's very much down. Uh, it became um, quite significant during um, the early stages of lockdown when people came out walking, and it coincided with uh, April and May when the swans in Holland's Vale. Uh, were mating and were nest building and then they started laying eggs um, and they became quite a focus I thought for, for so many people um, who who transferred their need for something positive to uh, this couple of swans who uh, who were doing the best where they live um, to do what they do um, unfortunately it didn't end well uh, I wrote a poem um, about it. So it's just called Swans. Throughout, throughout coronavirus lockdown, the swans in Hollings Vale provided hope to many folk that goodness would prevail. For seven weeks, she dedicated almost every hour. Eight eggs lovingly incubated through both sunshine and shower. The hope that once was promised it seems has sadly passed. These pods of love, of life and hope, lie silent in the nest. And it's just, you know, that real, like you say, that 
understanding of the, the the brutality of nature as well it's uh, yeah yeah it was and it's but the, the, with swans you've got beauty and things that's that's what playing with words is all about is trying to you know get to get get all those little complicated things that we can't quite explain away um i've absolutely loved uh, looking through your work uh, richard it's uh, it's a fantastic <laughs> book um we'll do our very best uh, one of the things that you're really keen on is to uh, to help raise money for some of the charities that you've, you've listed in the book yeah. and there's everything here from the care of police survivors the samaritans the league against cruel sports uh bleak Hole animal sanctuary just up the road uh, i'm going to be slipping them a fiver uh, i'm also going to be sending a bit of money to the samaritans as well on on our behalf because you've sent me this wonderful book and uh, it only re- only needs a little bit of uh, of money put their way for the, them to make a massive difference um you also mentioned on the very front page we've got to we've got to do this in about 30 seconds if they're right i, I know this is almost impossible for you <laughs> tell me why you love gary newman <laughs> in 30 seconds <laughs> It changed everything. Um, I met my wife as a result of Gary Newman. So everything that I have, my kids, it's all through Gary Newman's music. Um, Gary Newman. There you go. And and you didn't choose cars either. You went with I die, you die. Uh, Richard no. Easton, thank you very much for coming on the show this afternoon. It's been it's a pleasure. pleasure. Thank you. Yes, no, it's been wonderful. And lo- hopefully we'll be hearing from you in the future. I'm, I'm booking that second booking. I want, I want to be reading it by this time next year. This is, uh, this is I die, you die. 104.7 Rossendale Radio and so there we go we get to the end of another Waffle the Bite Size podcast I was a little bit tired I have to say uh, after running a very long way I'd run 42 kilometres I'd run 26.2 miles doing the virtual London Marathon uh, just before that interview and uh, Richard was absolutely brilliant uh, keeping me engaged and 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 absolutely I, I wanted to fall asleep before we started the show this afternoon and between the listeners uh getting involved in the show and richard's poetry and just his absolute commitment to his work uh it was a thoroughly engaging interview and i loved every second of it um i'm really looking forward to, to finishing off uh, the the rest of his book because i'm about halfway through it at the moment uh and it's a, it's a stunning debut uh, by by a writer of, a, of any caliber that i've met uh so well done to richard um, i'm looking forward to hearing more from you in the future um uh, just want to say thank you to everybody at 104.7 rossendale radio uh for your help uh at the moment our totalizer for the marathon uh, that i ran this week uh is it's, it's just amazing we're just shy of 1100 pounds raising money for lancashire mind uh if you've not uh, checked that out so far please go to www.justgiving.com forward slash poet on the run uh, and you'll find how to donate to that um for my marathon exploits earlier in the day which the 104.7 rossendale radio team were absolutely brilliant at getting out there for so a massive thank you to them too uh before we go i need to say obviously a massive uh, big up to melanie kemp for all of her work on waffle the bite-sized podcast and we will see you next week with another great guest stay safe everybody